Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, Halima. Hi, Ayoni. And hello to the listeners. Welcome to the Polyester Podcast. I'm Ayoni and I'm the founding editor-in-chief of Polyester and I'm the author of Little Sick Girls, which is available now. And I'm Helene with the Community Editor of Polyester Seed and the host of the Polyester Podcast. This is the Sleepover Club, a feminist pop culture podcast. We pull apart the hashtag discourse in the hope of making some sense of it all. Before we get started, please like, rate, review, and subscribe. Ioni, do you have any reviews? We don't have any reviews to read out this week, do we? No. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I remembered from last week when you were like, this is our last one. And I was like, damn. We need more. We do need more. So everyone, please give us a review. Exactly. Halima, we have some news. We do have some news. I am going to university. So I will be leaving the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, it's been a pleasure. I've loved every minute. I've loved all the comments and the pushback we've gotten over the years. <laughs> over the you years. I actually saw somebody was talking, there's a whole thing on Twitter at the minute about people being like, it's so much better to live with other people. And I was thinking, did we not say that and get so much fucking hate for it? Yeah. Mm, I was like, you know, I'm not going to say this to Ioni right now. We don't need any more things to be annoyed about at the minute. <laughs> so, um, Halima, you're here to pass the baton. To and who are you Idan. passing it to? Idan. Hello. Idan Thanks for passing the baton. I remember one time when I was in the podcast with Eden alone and I yelled Eden's name. I was like, Eden, yuck! And Olivia was like, Halima, you just stop screaming Eden's name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the levels are not right. It was so loud, but yeah, it's Eden, baby. Literally. Hello. So, Eden, would you like to introduce yourself if anyone does not know you, but everyone probably does know you? Hello, I'm Eden, the managing editor, socials editor of Polyester. Uh, I've appeared on the podcast before, and I'm now going to appear on it every single week. So, you better get used to it, baby. Hey, yo. But we all miss Halima. Thank you for your service, yeah. your loyal service and duty. Oh my god, this is coming out on the day of the Queen's funeral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Halima, what are we talking about today? We're talking about representation politics again. <laughs> again. again. They're back, baby. Bloody hell, you've already done a podcast about this. <laughs> so, we decided to talk about, because it feels, especially in the last week, that representation politics have yeah made a comeback. It's all everyone is talking about. I brought this topic to the girly worlds because I was seeing all of those reaction vids from the Little Mermaid teaser, 
with Halle Bailey. There's loads of like videos of girls crying on TikTok and stuff because they're really happy. And then there's loads of men on Twitter being like, my wife has red hair and pale skin. Where's she getting her representation now? Um, what are some other examples, Halima and Eden? People are talking about representation when it comes to the Emmys and stuff. Zandaya was the first black woman, black woman to win. Was it two Best Actress Emmys or something? Mm-hmm. Um, which is great for her. Happy for her. Didn't do you remember when like we'd have these conversations in 2016 and it would feel like so like wow like I don't know like I'm so happy for her like she deserves her success but like it it always sucks to have consistently have like the first conversation all the time yeah like this is the first this is the first so like like and it's amazing I guess it's amazing to see that in our generation that we are the ones that are like I don't how do you I don't know how to call it like the first gate like we're gonna like it will end with our generation I feel like we will get past this whole like marginalized people being the first of something but like this just this period just feels so slow because we have been having this conversation since 2016 yeah and then on the Emmys as well there was also Lizzo who won her Emmy for is it called Big Girls the show I haven't even watched it no I haven't watched it I think it's bad fat person and her speech was really beautiful but yeah it was very much of a similar ilk like oh if I could go back in time I'd tell like the big fat black girl that she'd have to be her own representation or whatever like it was something along those lines and yeah the speech was beautiful though the speech was that's the thing it's hard like I think we started talking about this as well because it's often or how we've seen it in the Hollywood instances for the past week I know we're going to go into other things it's very like emotionally charged do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so it's hard to reject that as being cynical because you're like it's beautiful. Yeah, it's set up to make you cry. <laughs> but I think I think in, in your research, Alima, you made a really interesting point of that structural change is too hard, so then we can just look to these institutions instead and be like, well, kind of it's good because someone got an award mm. and like someone's recognised. But that's like one individual, like but it's easier to accept that that feels like progress than structural change. What was the year? Was it was it Emmy so white? Do you guys remember that? Yeah, yeah. Oscar so white. Oscar so yeah, white. Yeah. And we were actually yeah. finally having the. I can't remember where the year this was. This was between 2016 and 2022, some time between yeah. that period. And people were like finally talking about maybe like not uh, like putting to, putting so much significance on these institutions. But yet we're in. It's like we were saying yesterday, Yoni. We're in the situation where we are again. Yeah. I think it's like because okay, so everyone knows I watch morning telly when I'm getting ready. And then every time there is something like mildly heartwarming, Lorraine on like Lorraine Kelly on the Lorraine show goes like, "This is what we. This is just a bit of what we need, isn't it?" This and I feel like that's basically the overriding mood of these moments as well. It's like, oh, we need a bit of joy, we need a bit of hope, we need a bit of something because everything else is like really bad, but it is just like a plaster, isn't it, over everything else yeah. where we can go. Oh, it's really nice and then also by kind of like allowing these moments to be made into such big moments and also it is very difficult because with award shows etc obviously they that's like in personal individuals involved in that and you like they feel that way for a reason which is obviously because of the like systemic exclusion of black people and like other marginalized people but then it's like by allowing this stuff to enter the discourse again 
we have the more insidious examples, which I think you have some examples of in your research, Halima. You know, I was thinking with this like representation thing, do you ever think that representation politics and stuff makes people really lazy? Yeah. And it links to um, what you were saying, Ioni, but kind of the more insidious nature of it. And I guess it's like with the Linda Evangelista cover for British Vogue, like Francis, I can't remember their name now, where's the research? Francis Ryan, who's a writer for The Guardian. Yeah. Kind of like, what's it called? The New York Times absolutely went ham on this cover, like like critiquing it. Because obviously Linda Evangelista, like, like she was a major supermodel, like one of maybe maybe one of the first, and obviously she had cosmetic surgery and her face kind of got deformed, as she says, and she's suing the people, and she's kind of making her emergence back into the public life again. She did that. Do you remember the first cover she did? I can't remember it now. It was for like some tabloid. Did anybody remember the, her first cover? Yeah, well, she did like a kind of like a reveal that she had been in quotation mm. marks deformed because that is how it's been referred to by mm-hmm. the people that have like spotlighted it or whatever and then she did the british british vogue cover right yeah mm-hmm. yeah and it was interesting because obviously the cover i think that cover was her major like step back into fashion and her face was like highly retouched her eyes her face was like pulled back with makeup she was wearing scarves everything was like covering her and new york times kind of like this could have been like something like quite major when it came to like redefining beauty in a way but they didn't do that they covered her up they retouched her face and Francis Ryan highlighted it because Edward Edward's like argument towards not like doing something major with this and like actually like retouching her face and stuff was the fact that he wants to give women a choice to like be represented in the way that they want to be represented kind of like choice feminism bullshit and Francis Ryan was saying, if only little girls with facial differences could see themselves celebrated too. So it's kind of like he, I think Edward uses kind of this like representation talk to be lazy mm. or like to, to hide from critique a lot of the time. I think A, Francis Ryan is a legend. I love her. She was I really agree. supportive on my book as well. I really, really like her. I think she's really good. And yeah, B, I think it's absolute bullshit bullshit like <laughs> especially because I feel like also British folk has been in the like Edward Denonfall and therefore British folk has been in the press more recently right because of his autobiography yeah. coming out and um I think it's interesting because I know Halima you wrote about the relationship between British folk and the royals for example but there's this whole narrative through Edward Denonfall's like life that he's like you know a working class boy that emigrated and like all of this stuff and like all of that can be true but then it's like so why is your instagram literally full of pictures of the queen like why is your instagram literally full of like the royal family not his folks yeah it's like if you're actually trying to steer the direction of this publication away from white supremacy like class supremacy all types of like patriarchy then why are you still upholding these systems and yeah it's like i think it does show how flawed the representation conversation is as well because it's like you can't encompass anything through the phrase diversity so it's like yeah you've had like some good covers you have been actively working to like overturn the workforce of British Vogue to be more representative representative of like the types of people in this country but that still excludes certain people that you deem to not even matter i.e disabled people i.e like all these different types of people and it's like okay so 
representation politics means that like every 10 years or whatever, we inch a bit closer to accepting one type of marginalization while other people just get completely ignored. I find it so hypocritical because you can't sit there and be like, hey, like we like British folk are seen as leading, especially with Edwards as the editor in chief as leading like this kind of representation and diversity conversation. But like, as you said, like, how can you do that? Well, I, I don't know if like, British world can do that with it, no. like, institutionally with the way that they are, because they are about upholding class differences. That is the point of British Vogue. Yesterday, me and my flatmates were watching that, like the documentary on Tatler magazine, because mm. they, they're owned by Condé Nast too. And they're all about like catering to the upper class. And that's what British Vogue is as well. Like that's what Condé Nast is built on, like this kind of class, like I can't remember the word now, but it's in my article phone read. But they're built on, like, they're they're built on, like, class differences and making you hierarchy, envious. Basically. Yes, on hierarchy, making you envious of what you don't have. Um, so I, like, I, I, I just don't know how anybody has, like, why nobody hasn't critiqued this on British Vogue. Like, we accept this because it's good and it's nice and we like to see it. But, like, I don't know, it just doesn't seem, like, it's not real. It's just contrived. Because it's like, it's it's diversity only if it's palatable mm-hmm. and only if it kind of works with the aesthetics of their magazine. Yeah. So what's the point? And I also think that marginalised people play into it in a way because I write about this in my book a bit, like in the taste chapter and in the fourth wave feminism chapter, where it's like basically until we dismantle like our own idea of aspiration and this hierarchy ourselves and like acceptance, like until we kind of dismantle the fact that our politics have been led, our social politics have been led by acceptance for the last 10 years and reject that, we'll all want the like Vogue feature, we'll all want the this, that and the other and we'll all see it as progress when really we're just allowing ourselves to be used as pawns in the capitalist patriarchal game. (laughs) And we're holding other marginalised people back because for example, like for every time you allow yourself to be like commodified by Vogue or by any other large mainstream publication, you hold opportunities back for smaller publications like us or like any other independent publication that actually cares about inclusivity because you're allowing them to like change their suit but not actually have to deal with their rotten bones yeah and it's like when you look at the history of magazines like British Vogue or um New York Times for example which is like an aspiration that a lot of writers have like I know I have an aspiration of writing for the New York Times one day but like it's also like exactly what you said like removing the kind of aspirational lens because you kind of know what they represent and it's Mm -hmm. not like it's not what you believe in but, but I don't know, it's it's tough because, like, again, how do you remove the power from these people? And I guess, like, that's why people are back on this conversation because, like, people are fatigued from, like, asking those bigger questions and, like, actually, like, doing the longer work to, like, recognize that. But also, like, it also affects people's money as well. Do you know what I mean? In a way. In a way, but I also just don't, like... It... <laughs> If we're talking about like readers, like whenever, if you keep allowing to play into that, then yeah, they're going to sh- control the market share, like the line share of the market. And therefore they're going to be the ones that always get the money. Whereas like we, if we like in inverted commas radically change the way we look at media, we could easily reroute those funds because suddenly the advertisers would be like, well, we can't target a Gen Z marginalized community through British fucking Vogue so we'll reroute it into something else which I do think is happening a bit but not enough at all I do think as well it's just irritating because like all this diversity stuff that you see from these bigger pubs is all because like they they're they're like the the marketing landscape has changed like yeah. they're just doing it because 
I don't know, like their advertisers want them to do it and like it makes them more money now. Well, I said this to you yesterday about something, didn't I? Like when we were, we we went out for food and I was like, oh, do you think that like it was about something specific, but I'll change it now. Like, do you think that um, all of this diversity stuff has actually had an impact in communities or has it just changed the way we're sold stuff? Like, and like changed the way that marketing operates. And it's like, <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it, it feels that way for sure. It's just changed the way that, that we are sold things. There's no like direct action, like because people you, you see like marginalized people on a billboard, it doesn't really make a change to your community or anything else that's happening. But obviously I can't really speak on it. <laughs> I, I think a great example of this is like all the, um, the, the women in politics that we see now from Kamala Harris to Liz Truss. Oh my and, god! Please say um, a bit in your research about what about trust that you found out yesterday. What did I find out about trust yesterday? The the the, the Destiny's Child. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> in twenty nineteen, Liz just described herself as a Destiny's Child feminist. Yeah. That women should what? be independent. Who the who the fuck told her to say that? Like, yeah, like who's who's, who's writing for Liz Truss? That is just. Oh, oh. It's worth saying that, but also like not having any firm stance on abortion politics in this country, and it's hiring in a woman for health secretary who mm-hmm. is like quite clearly anti-abortion. Exactly. Like it's just bullshit. Yeah. None, none of it means anything. It's it just mean empty words. Good. Yeah, it doesn't mean that any of of these like women in politics is going to be good for women. Like Kamala Harris, like came in to be vice president and like promised different things about like forgiving people's student loans and like. Roe v. Wade and look at the situation that we're in now where like people should know to have been forgiven the tiniest smallest bit literally fucking nothing and Roe v. Wade is fucking chopped it's gone doesn't mean shit yeah just because it's a woman doesn't mean they're gonna do a better job I also feel like 
most of us, like most of the people you speak to, most of our friends, like most of the people like outside of online. Um, but obviously they hold these views on our online as well. But we all know we've moved on from these, from these conversations. Like, A, all of us here probably grew up knowing Margaret Thatcher was a cunt. And then we got Theresa May and we knew she was a cunt. And we know Liz Truss is a cunt. But <laughs> still, we get the think pieces being like, why is the Tory cabinet more diverse than Labour's? As if it's like a self-own on Labour. And also, Labour is shit at the moment anyway. Shit, embarrassing pieces of shit. Do you see that Chris Summer has like changed his Instagram, like his his icon is black and his header is <laughs> like he's like just in the bin. <laughs> but it's like, why are we still letting these articles be commissioned? Why are we still letting this discourse run for days on end when we like all know the farce of it? But we still allow ourselves, as much as we allow ourselves to be like emotionally manipulate not manipulated I don't think like Lizzo's trying to manipulate us at the Emmys but like as much as we're allowed to be emotionally swept up in these like moving speeches at the Emmys we allow ourselves to get like furious at stupid shit that we know is stupid shit but I also think that exactly what you said yesterday because I mentioned the same thing like why do we keep having these three pieces on like why Liz why not Lizzo why Liz trust <laughs> women or why like like whatever but you're like what you said to me was right like we actually do low-key have to keep having conversations because people do forget like yeah. we saw Jerry Holloway like basically endorse Liz trust yeah being like like we, we like we do need to keep reminding people that like like okay like because again like one of my flatmates actually said this they were like talking about feminism the feminism is choice it's not like no that's not it so we do actually have to keep having these conversations i agree yeah you said this to me yesterday so i'm literally just saying what you said (laughs) 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 um yeah i just think it's like it's yeah and it feels like we're being distracted like majorly distracted my favorite tweet um that I've seen recently and I can't remember who it was. And it was like, as in my favourite worst ever tweet that made me feel sick and was the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life was someone being like, say whatever you want about the Queen. But at least she ensured there was one powerful woman in powerful rooms full of men. And it's like... Also, how can... This is my thing. The same people who say this shit also say that the Queen has no power and that we shouldn't put any of the blame yeah, any the things on her. So she, she's what? not power, but she's a girl boss. <laughs> i know she didn't choose to be born into it but somehow she is also yeah she's slaying she's girl girl bossing her way to the top this is the thing that this is why people people just have no thoughts in their head because it's like just because the queen is a woman doesn't mean that like that that she did anything to benefit this country like it's just it's so it's just like empty thoughts Mm. she's born into it come on she's not a girl and also like I don't mean to patronize anyone on their like quote-unquote journey in social politics and feminism but I write about this in my book as well about in the like millennial pink chapter which traces like the rise and fall of fourth wave and I'm basically saying that like representation politics or our obsession with them started on social media when we were teenagers right like whether you're on tumblr or twitter or whatever it started because we were teenagers and we were looking at things and going where are we But to do that is a very teenage plight. Like, it's a very teenage thing to do, to be, like, obsessed with seeing your own image in other things and to then want to recreate that and to think that that is, like, the pinnacle of importance. Like, Mm -hmm. to think that if I see myself, then I exist. Like, I do feel like you move beyond that. So then why are we still so obsessed with it? Like, why do we still place utmost importance on it? Well, now. Like, now it's coming back. Why? 
I think people people like Lizzo and stuff, I think they're like in a way like I don't know, like talking to their child selves in a way because it, it, it's so emotional and, and, and it makes you reflective of like... And they're also of that era too. Yeah, like exactly. They are the similar ages like, to us. You're right. It is kind of like a teenage kind of kiddish play. Like, like you saw, you see the kids, like the black girls, like being so amazed by yeah. seeing a black Ariel. I also think it's kind of weird that all their parents are recording them. <laughs> I know. Yeah, but, I mean, that's yeah. a whole other fucking that's a whole other podcast about the mind, but... Do you children consent to their no. on social <laughs> media? They're working, babes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I got really, really deep into a like um I got like so far deep into a like conspiracy theory that there was this like white Midwestern mum basically, yeah, like abusing her child through work to make her TikTok famous and there's like dedicated Facebook groups to it. Like everyone tried like do you remember oh shit, Eden, what was that? And you might remember that YouTuber that went missing. And then everyone was looking up. Marina Joyce. Yeah, it's like very yeah. Marina Joyce. This this theory, but I've forgotten about it now. Anyway, I think that'd be a good. That, that's a good episode. Have you seen like the Corn Kid? It's yeah. Corn. Yeah, it's doing like doing like ads for Chipotle and stuff. Mm. It's like they're like they're getting their money out. This kid, mm. he's doing like cameos for two hundred and fifty dollars. It's like this kid can consent, but can they really? He was. Well, that's another conversation. He's on um, the red carpet for the Pinocchio movie. Was he? Like what the? <laughs> I love him though. It's, it, oh yeah, he's really cute. It is, it is cute. But I do think, yeah, there's, it's, it's weird when parents are exploiting their kids' emotions for views. But that's what we're all doing, right? And I think it like circles back to representation politics because fundamentally, representation politics, like representation, full stop, has changed so dramatically in the last 10 years like 15 years so for example the little mermaid for a lot of children that might have actually been like the first time they would see like a black woman on screen like embodying that kind of role whereas now you can literally find 10 million different social media accounts or like there's different famous people on social media so I think that like that do represent you you can go like so far into your own marginalization or like what you want to see that you can completely cater your kind of like media input to this and the problem is at current that doesn't actually have any yeah structural change like even if we are talking about these like quote unquote frivolous things like British Vogue or like the Emmys the fact that we're like only now starting to see like the first fat black woman Zendaya win twice cover this on British Vogue means that there is like not enough structural change when really like as consumers of media we do have the power to just overhaul it by rejecting like the hierarchical aristocratic media that we have been dictated to that we should love like we should respect their choices Mm. we shouldn't respect their choices and we shouldn't buy into it exactly it's kind of it it always feels in a way like if i just feels like not boring to talk about but it's like we've been saying this yeah 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 like oscar so white was in like 2015 yeah oh my god was it yeah also, do you remember white. that really funny, like, I found it really funny how, I can't remember if it was Oscars So White or, like, Post Me Too. So then everyone decided the most appropriate, like, reaction to that was to wear black on the red carpets. It's like, what are you doing? They have, they were in black and they had, like, these, like, green badges. <laughs> like that. 
Yeah, but mostly still this, work with abusers. This, that, that just like sums up the whole thing though. It's just like so surface level. Like, what are you actually doing? It means nothing. You're not doing anything really. We live in silly times. We do. <laughs> <laughs> silly, silly, silly times. Same vibes as the tax the rich dress. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, peg the patriarchy or whatever it Wait, was. Sorry. <laughs> Did you guys see that thing that Jay-Z said about how black people started getting rich and then people started talking about eating the rich? Yes. <laughs> oh, did you not see that, Aiden? No. So embarrassing. <sighs> But then oh, this is God. so part of the problem, right? Because it's like so individualist. So yeah, someone like Jay-Z can look and be like, wah, 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 wah. do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is about me and like, oh, you're attacking my way of life or whatever because I'm a rich billionaire, black man. And it's like, you're not really paying attention, are you? No. Like, it's not just about you and how you move through the world personally. <laughs> I'm using the guise of representation being like, now nah, finally black people are in these spaces. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, this is, again, the problem. Like, why do we want to be in those spaces? Like, why do marginalized people want to be in those spaces? Same thing with the whole, like, black princess thing and Meghan Markle. Like, again, we should not have a monarchy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not something to want. And part of the reason why people are so readily available to find reasons to hate her is because they're holding her to these like racist standards that the royal family have implemented for like the whole of modern history. So like it's like, oh, she's not doing the exact same thing as Kate Middleton when she goes and meets the crowds or whatever. It's like, oh my god, you not are you not above this? Like what the hell? Also breaking news, the Duke of York will be the count a counselor of state for the new king. What's that? I don't know, but he's the back Grand Duke having... of York. Yeah. He had 10,000 he... men. Yeah, yeah. He marched, <laughs> yeah. marched them to the top of the hill. He marched them down again. He did, Andrew yeah. will be carrying that royal duties under Charles again. Who's the Duke of York? Andrew! <gasps> Andrew! Yes. Oh, Andrew. Uh, this one opened y'all's heads. That's a Duke of York. It really did. Like, uh, wait, yeah. so he's becoming... What? He's going to be Chancellor of State under the new king what does that mean i just got this did, did they fucking forget that he was like on trial fucking like a year ago i know charles oh I my charles god convenient. convenient right pizza express on as well then. <laughs> this is the thing when we talk about like yeah lizzie being a girl boss like lizzie being this or like even lizzie being someone's mother grandmother great-grandmother and just at the end of the day just being a little old lady it's like you do know she literally paid off her like alleged pedo son mm-hmm. yeah like that, what is millions, girl boss about that millions silencing other women so girl boss very thing. girl boss yeah very girl yeah. boss <laughs> but this is not to say that like we should as we always say i feel like it's just important to caveat because people may misinterpret that like it is important to push for inclusivity but like real inclusivity and not through systems that are just intent on oppressing us and can find new and exciting ways to do it like we need to actually stay single-minded about what feminism and social justice look looks like and not accept this like piece of shit that we have been offered as a condolence for living in a horrible world not accept the tokenistic inclusivity Mm. exactly Halima we're done final thoughts love you all fuck the queen (laughs) fuck Paddington Bear 
Also, if you've been listening, you know Halima loves Paddington. You know I love Paddington. Uh, Paddington's desecrated now. This is the real period of mourning. It's for Paddington Bear's reputation. Honestly, Paddington Bear stands. It's over for us. <laughs> it's so sad because Paddington and Paddington 2 are incredible. Oh my god, literally class. If anybody wants to watch the movies, you can watch them after the Queen's funeral on BBC One. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they are playing them after the funeral. Are they at- are they actually? That's my fucking yeah. thing. He's part of the establishment. Like, he's propaganda, Eden. Like, oh my God. We'll talk why about is he later. become... Why, when has this happened, though? Like, within the last week? Yeah, well, no, because remember, they were in that little skit together for the yeah. Jubilee. Seems like he's always... That was, that was like a deep people. fake. There's no fucking way that was the Queen. I that looked so, so it surreal. It's awful. Yeah, it was. But also, like, I don't know, like, it's not good vibes. It's not. No. Good note to end on. We all stand Rupert the Bear now. Rupert the Bear is our new, is our new favourite bear. The new bear. What's Winnie the Pooh? What's Winnie the Pooh ever done wrong? Have you seen the new horror for Winnie the Pooh? Yeah, the I, have, I haven't seen it, but yeah. I've seen about it. Oh, well, so scary. <laughs> okay, goodbye, Halima. God bless. Nice. Come back and see us. Goodbye. I And thank you to Olivia for editing. Thank you to Gina and Gina and Charlotte and Hattie and Grace and Izzy. We, me and Eden, will see you next week. Bye. 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 Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. I'm Ina Garten. Welcome to Be My Guest, the podcast. One of the best gifts you can give friends is spending time together. But what's even better than that? Cooking with them. On Be My Guest, the podcast, new friends and old stop by my barn for some conversation and great cooking. We talk about food, life, and everything in between. Listen to Be My Guest, the podcast with me, Ina Garten, and join us wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.